stay standing, please. Let me, let me pray my favorite psalm over this room. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Thank you, Lord, that you are our mighty rock and our refuge. And thank you also that you gave us the greatest prayer of all time, to pray. So would you join me in praying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. Thank you. You may be seated. It is good to be back in the auditorium. My goodness. Uh, For those of you who don't know, um, I was at a time the high school youth pastor here. And about May, I transitioned to being the children's ministry guy. So on Sunday mornings, I'm downstairs with birth through fifth graders now. So if you're like, where'd that guy with the beard that used to be here and sit over there go? That's where I am on Sundays. Come down and see me if you'd like to. Well, I don't know how you, how you came in this morning, um, if it was a, a peaceful morning at home, especially if you have littles like my wife and I, or if it was a chaotic day. Um, does anyone remember Ken Davis, the Christian comedian from like the early 90s? Every, every month, I think of his line where he says, church is so, you know, getting ready for church It's like the opposite of what it's supposed to do for you. I get so frustrated with my kids. I'm like, we have to go to church to learn about the love of Jesus. (laughs) And so if that's you, we're we're here. We made it. Um, And I know uh, right off the top before, uh, because I don't want to forget this is important. This is actually our last Sunday together in the auditorium for this year. So you heard in the announcement video that Christmas Eve services are all in the sanctuary but also on uh, uh, New Year's Eve, that is also only in the sanctuary. So I'm happy to end the year here with you all today. So we're in Advent. We're in the Advent series. Quick reminder of where we have been. Um, Clayton and Tom led us off when we shared our money. That was the reverse offering. You already heard one story. Friendly reminder, Darren, can they still put in their, their stories on there? So if you took a $20 bill... We still, we want to hear from you, okay? And then last week, uh, we shared our resources, Kathy and Darren shared, and we just knocked the socks off of blessing the food shelf. And let that not be a one-time thing. Let's keep doing this. Uh, I heard that um, the needs in our, in our area are up about 20% uh, when it comes to uh, food insecurity. So please keep that coming. Today, we're going to be talking about sharing our grief. Um, and uh, forgive me off, off 
right off the bat because I'm going to be sharing a story about uh, loss in my life, and I practiced this seven times to varying degrees of crying hysteria. So, and I'm not like a, I'm not like a cute crier. It's not like I'm going to be up here wailing or anything, but it's just like, it, there's awkward pauses, so just enjoy the moment. And, well, don't enjoy it. That's weird. <laughs> I'm saying just be in the moment. Be in the moment. Don't, don't enjoy that I've been paid, you know? So around, uh, also for my mom and dad who are probably going to watch this, I know my timeline is way off. That's not important to the story. So I had um, nephews, Max and Wes, born at 24 weeks. And this was 14 years ago. So uh, NICU stuff, also Dr. Ann, I know I'm going to be way off on all my medical stuff. It's, yeah, so the NICU is not what it is today. Uh, 24 weeks uh, there was, I mean, it was like, I think they were born at one pound, one ounce, uh, each of them. And it was scary. Every day was just so hard and tragic. And, but then also, every day that they lived, when we didn't think they would, was also this, thank you, Lord, triumph. And we lived in that, is everything okay? Or are, are they going to make it? It doesn't look good, their numbers are bad, day in and day out for eight months. Max and Wes were in the NICU for eight months. Max actually stayed in the NICU for an extra three months, I believe. Um, and then when they got home, there was a night nurse every night. Uh, they had a feeding tube, they had um, breathing trach, I forget what it's called. And again, every day it was this um, mixture of thank you, Lord, for another day, and you know, like, what how, is the bottom going to fall out today? Is something else going to come up? Um, it seemed like when there there was a there was an opportunity, or when there was a you know, hey, this thing we've gotten past, another thing would show up. I remember around Max's third birthday. By the way, at this time, Wes had kind of leveled off. It seemed like most of the health stuff had just been put on Max. Um, and, yeah, anyway, so around his third birthday, um, he was there, was, there was a milestone, and again, my timeline is so off, I don't remember what the milestone was that he got past, but then it was within a week, it seemed like, he has a tumor on his liver, and now he needs a liver transplant. And again, it was just like, oh, can, can they not get, can, can my brother and his wife not catch a break? Like, Thank you, Lord, again for, uh, you know, this, at the same time, thank you, Lord, for another day. I love being able to hold my nephews. And also, like, why can't they just, can you just heal them, please? Um, so, and then, fast forward, good, bad, good, bad. Um, and then to, one, I know that they had to do some chemo or radiation on his tumor, on his liver. Um, he he got past that. He got a liver transplant. Things were looking good. He got the feeding tube. They were talking about doing feeding therapy, and everything was looking up. And then Emily and I are at Old Threshers in Mount Pleasant. Plug, if you've never been. Labor Day, every year. I'll be there every year, so you can join us. Um, we got a text that was along the lines of, uh, Max hasn't been doing well for about a week. His numbers have dropped off so significantly that if you want to see him one more time, you should come. 
So left Mount Pleasant, went to Pella, packed up our stuff, and picked up Emily and went back to Holland. And I, I still can picture we're at my parents' cottage in Nuevo, Michigan, for anyone who cares about where that is. And um, he had his um, Gru from Despicable Me. There was a fart gun, which is a great invention. Um, and we were playing with that a lot. And that was a highlight for me that day. I can still picture him on my lap, you know, with his, with his, with his tube in his nose. Well, another, he bounced back from that. And, and much cause for celebration. Um, and then there was um, uh, another time when it was, it seemed like, so babe, was the parade that same weekend? So the next time that we had kind of one of those, you should come home and see Max, because um, who knows, um, they, uh, they had the community. Max really liked firefighters and, um, you know, response vehicles of all kinds, lights, sirens. Um, they actually did a parade past his house just for him. Um, that was awesome. When I think of Max and Wes, I picture them with their fireman helmet on, looking at Lake Michigan on a dune. Um, yeah, so. But then he bounced back from that again, and it was time. Thank you, Lord. Um, and by the way, in the midst of all of this, I forgot a large detail. My brother actually and his wife got divorced um, during that time. Um, and uh, I remember, I think it was Kevin or somebody shared with me that uh, couples that have a death in the family or death of a child or a traumatic event, you know, the divorce rate is like 80%. And I remember hearing that, I'm like, not my brother. You don't, that's not going to happen to him. He's different. He's strong. Um, yeah, and so that was, that was tough. I remember walking, when he told me that Kate, that he and his wife Kate were getting divorced, I walked into uh, Craig, Craig was still here, so that helps the timeline. Whenever Craig was still here, that's when that happened. Um, I said, Craig, I'm out of vacation days, but I really think that I need to go and be with my brother. And Craig was very gracious. Uh, and I was able to be with Mark that weekend. Came home, uh, sorry, back to the Max and Wes uh, timeline, Mark. And then uh, they actually got remarried. Um, uh, I remember I was at a restaurant with him, and I said, so, like, are you going to date again? Like, what, is this, what does this look like? Because I, I haven't had a brother that had been divorced before. I just assumed it would always be Mark and Kate forever. And he said, actually, Kate and I have decided to reconcile. And I was just like, I don't know what that word means, but that's awesome. Um, and then he's like, can you do the wedding? And I was like, yes, I can. Uh, and the wedding looked about like this, the whole thing. Um, I think I said friends and family, like that's how I started the whole wedding. Um, uh, so, so again, just this like, ah, oh, ah, oh. I mean, it was just eight years of that. And then uh, finally the day that I think a lot of us thought was coming, but we kept hoping never would, uh, Mark texted me and said, Maxwell James is with Jesus. And uh, Leah Mock and Naomi Tripp were in our living room, and it was awkward. And I was like, hey guys, I'm sorry, I, can you leave? Um, Emily and I need to process this. Uh, and they were very gracious as well. And um, yeah, I, uh, I, sent, I took a screenshot of that and sent it to Katie, Kevin, staff, friends, and 
Uh, Kevin was at our door in like 30 minutes. That meant a lot. Kev, thanks. Let this be the, if I haven't thanked you before, let this be the first of many. Um, yeah, so the reason I decided to share the story of my awesome nephew Max with you is because I believe that when we share honestly with each other, um, that our relationships can go deeper and become more genuine and real. And I think that that delights the Lord. But I don't want it to just stay at this horizontal line where it's just like, uh, like catching, you know, having coffee with a friend and like, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. I believe that we're being invited into, you know, the, the, the vertical relationship with the Lord in it. That's why I wanted to start with that passage from Psalms pouring out our hearts to him, because he's our rock and he's our refuge. Our friends are nice, counselors are great, pastors are great, but if we only do that, we're never going to truly get the restoration, I believe, again, not a counselor, or, you know, I'm just, I'm sharing my opinion on what I've experienced. But I don't know about you, whenever I try to do things in my own strength, I always find that it's lacking and there's something that's not there and when I decide to give it to the Lord, it's amazing what happens. And I don't know why I don't do that all the time. It's like I have um, memory loss of the good thing that he did for me. It's one of the reasons I think that we need to be here every Sunday and to be reminded of what the Lord is doing in and through our lives. And when we, when we surrender and when we lift our hands and we thank him and we praise him and we say the words that maybe we don't even believe in the moment, like for me, the song, It Is Well, is a litmus test. Am I singing this song because it is well? Or am I singing this song because, Lord, I want it to be well. Will you please enter this garbage heap that I'm in? And will you, will you find some jewels in there and save it? So honest sharing with God and others develops real and genuine and deep relationships that delights our Lord. We are going to do a, I, I want to I do a response time um, now. And actually, Mr. Nickel, I didn't think about this. Could you pull up some like soaking type music in the next like two minutes? Uh, volunteers that I've picked, it's going to take me two minutes to explain it. You know, I just want to give them a window. Uh, Emily, Aaron, Brad, and Mr. Dykstra, if you could go grab your baskets with the note cards and the pens, pick a section and start handing them out. When I was trying to figure out what, what I felt like the Lord wanted me to, uh, to bring before you, and obviously when I felt like I was supposed to share uh, about Max and share honestly and vulnerably with you uh, how that impacted me and my family, I wanted to uh, give you all an opportunity, as this is the end of 2023, to do your own looking back. So this is, this is the bracket that I'm, trying, I'm giving you a, a, an assignment for. In your 2023, was there a time or times that maybe you missed an opportunity to grieve in a healthy way something that happened to you? Is there a loss in your life that maybe has not been addressed? And is it because you're trying to fix it yourself, you know, to medicate that, 
that, that gap in your soul. I'm sure I'm mixing my metaphors here. But trying to, uh, rather than asking the Lord to come in and surrendering it to him and just asking him. Um, and there's no like, okay, now you're done. Max has been gone for six, seven years. Anytime someone talks about a transplant, talks about a kid in a hospital, talks about oxygen, talks about cancer, it all comes right back. Now, and I'll say this at the end, but I think the reason that God invites us to address and to pour out our hearts to him is because he wants to show you that he can make all things new and he can restore and he can, um, yeah, so... I'm going to ramble and ramble and give you, so here, I just want the last thing, and then you got some music? Awesome. And we'll, we'll give you like six minutes, and I'm actually going to use my, my timer, because I don't, I usually rush it, because as I'm talking to you quickly right now, I go faster when I want to be slow. So it could be as simple as, you know, your, your, your cubicle mate moved to another building, and now work is not as fun for you. It, it can be as serious as the loss of someone in your life. I don't know what it is for you, so I would love for you to take some time to ask the Lord, maybe there's something that you haven't, didn't even know you were grieving the loss of. Like for example, my wife and I, when I moved from middle school ministry to high school ministry, I did not grieve the loss of my middle school ministry at all. And I was so confused why there, you know, there's so many things until I realized that I never grieved the loss of that. When we moved from Holland to Pella in 2012, I didn't really grieve the loss of that. I tried to keep both of those things going at the same time. And it was, it was really hard on us. So when I moved from high school ministry to children's ministry, I knew that this was coming. I knew that I would be grieving things and I was trying to get ahead of it and trying to be honest and vulnerable about the things I missed. I miss being with you guys. Sunday mornings, this is tough to not be in here with you guys anymore. But what, what, what is downstairs is so life-giving, and I feel like that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. So, you know, I, I'm balancing those two things. So, enough of me rambling. Still yourselves. Ask the Lord to bring forth maybe something. Or if you already know what it is, Go for it. Write it down. Do whatever you want with it. I just want you to take this opportunity. And then we're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, and by the way, if you're done before the music is done, could I invite you to open your Bibles and read Isaiah 61? That's the passage that we're going to be in today. So hit it and let's do this thing together. Thank you for uh, entering into that response time with me. If you are not done, I give you, you are free to stop listening to me and to continue. That is totally awesome to just keep, if God's working on something in you and you are still going, scribbling away, please continue to do so. Um, we are going to turn to Isaiah 61. For those of you who have already started to read, extra credit. If I had gold stars, I would give them to you. Yeah. Okay, I have like 11 ways that I could go right now, and I'm deciding to pick number seven together. John always number. Okay, so Psalm, uh, Psalm, Isaiah 61. We are not going to be able to get through all 11 verses, and so we're going to focus on the first 
3. So I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to make some contextual observations of it and, and show you how Isaiah was talking to the Israelites in their sorrow and in their grief of the hope that was to come, which is what we get to celebrate this Advent season. So will you join me, please? And I'm going to do my best to be still and speak quietly and thoughtfully and not at a uh, Tommy Gunn pace. Not the guy from Rocky Five, but the Tommy Gunn that goes, you know what I mean? Okay. I don't want to mix my metaphors. There's a lot of people in here who understand references. So, you know, same level. Isaiah 61, starting at verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Excuse me. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So one of the plans I had originally for this morning, uh, you know, in my research, as you would imagine, um, just jumping on Google and typing in Isaiah 61 and to see if there's any ideas of people who are smarter than me. Turns out the Bible Project has a seven-minute video specifically for Isaiah 61. We are not going to be watching that, but I would encourage all of you, if you are Bible Project fans, to check it out. So I am going to, however, read the intro that they had for Isaiah 61 and to understand the context of it is so good that I'm not going to pretend that I came up with this. This is from the Bible Project. So... The scroll of Isaiah in the first, is the first of the three major prophets in the Bible. And in this chapter, the prophet offers a vision of a restored world where the land is full of abundance and full of right relationships between people. That seems fitting for what we were talking about with people in grief and wanting to be made whole. The final lines of that poem describe Israel as a new Garden of Eden, and it says... I'm actually going to read this version. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. And he says, that sounds great, but Israel at this time had been conquered and ruled by other kingdoms. They'd been reduced to a powerless nation full of grief and mourning. But among those mourning Israelites, there was a small group that never lost hope in God's promise. I don't know about you, but I know of people in my world that are the kind of people that would be like that group of people who don't lose hope. Um, 
even in the chaos, they cling to the hope that Jesus is still on the throne and that he has everything in his perfect plan. Even in the chaos. Because I feel like, I don't know about you, again, I'm only speaking for myself, a lot of times I just want to fix my chaos rather than giving it over to the Lord to see him not only bring wholeness back to it, but make it even better than it was before I broke it all myself. Because that's usually what happens. I am a self-inflicted chaos bringer. So the reason that I wanted to share that Mac story to talk about my own grief and my own mourning and hopefully to model a level of vulnerability that will maybe give you the boldness to do the same. I'm not asking you to go to the next coffee shop and just sit down next to someone and explain what's going on in your life, but for the people that you trust, the people in your sphere, especially, so okay, I now feel, to use the blessed to bless shirt, nice way to wear your blessed to bless shirt, I feel that because of the journey that I took, I am now blessed, I have more confidence to share with someone who might be going through a similar thing, whereas before, I would not feel the courage or the spiritual authority to even enter into that. Oh, you lost your son? So sorry, I don't know. Okay, can I, can I pray? For, like, I would have been so flustered and I would have not wanted to even address it. But now I feel like because of the blessing that it was to walk with my brother and his wife and Wes and my mom and dad, um, the people that were impacted by this, I feel like I'm now able to bless. So when we share honor, or honorably, if we show, share openly, vulnerably, our grief, I think that delights the Lord and in a way, even if the person in the moment or even if you can't in the moment understand, it brings a level of hope in that moment to that person who felt like maybe no one sees me no one understands. Yeah, sure, you may have had a similar, but your story is different than mine. So why, I, I don't want to be vulnerable and share it with you because we're, you're just not going to be able to help. Um, I remember the first, one of the best pieces of advice that we got before our first kid. Everyone's going to have an opinion and none of them will be right because it's not your family. It's not your kid. They don't know how TK ticks. A lot of you have visually seen how TK leaves the stage or yells from the stage in the last few months, uh, which has been hilarious. But um, yes, my challenge to you is to take some steps towards addressing grief in your life and see if there are ways that you can share that grief, that you can walk through it in a way that will help you be a guide for someone else down the road, that you would, maybe even in your own processing today, you've realized that, well, you've kind of addressed the grief from 2023, but you've done it in an unhealthy way. I've, I'm very aware of the things that I do in my unhealth and that I want so badly for those areas of my life to be restored. And I'm trying more and more to 
lay them down at the feet of Jesus and say, I can't do this by myself, Lord. And in this Advent season, I mean, just the hope, guys, the hope of what is to come, the reminder of this amazing gift that was given to us so many years ago in the gift of Jesus, coming to save us from our sins, to bring, uh, to uh, proclaim freedom for the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, um, to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve, uh, beauty from ashes. I mean, the list of things that Jesus did when he came is endless. And as, as a father of two young children who still, well, I mean, TK now understands Christmas equals grandpa and grandma are going to give me a present and it's probably going to be a truck. Um, I'm convicted about what kind of, what, what are we going to do in our home? What, what, is, what does this Advent season Christmas look like for us? And he doesn't know what it's like to mourn. Um, but anyways, so that is my challenge to you. So uh, worship team, why don't you uh, make your way back up while I kind of conclude and share some action steps so in my, in my um, processing, obviously, we always have communion and prayer ministers that I would encourage you guys to take uh, an action step towards that, one of those two. But I also have a very fancy uh, Lowe's five-gallon bucket over by the cross, because that's the best receptacle that I could find in the time that I had to think about this. Um, if you have something that you wrote up on your card that you want to take the, uh, the physical action of like going up, tearing it up, and dropping it in, that's another option for you. Um, if you want to take that card home with you as a reminder of something that maybe God prompted you as something that needs to be addressed, maybe before uh, you celebrate Christmas, maybe before the new year, or even if it's a challenge that that's your 2024 uh, mission. So please feel free to take that with you. And then, uh, Cass, is there one more slide for the, uh, those other action steps that we're doing? It's okay if it isn't. There he goes. So what does comfort look like this Advent, look like this Advent season for our church family? Connecting with God. Worship and prayer on Wednesday. Is that still happening this Wednesday? Yep. It's phenomenal. For those of you who have your Wednesday free, I've gone the last two weeks, and it's, it's, it's just a different style, and it's, it's just so beautiful, and I just sat there. I mean, I love to sing loudly, and I just sat there, and it was, it, was, it was precious. So I know that there's no core or mix or children's ministry or adult discipleship, so what's your excuse for not going on Wednesday night? <laughs> I will be taking attendance. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. So... Um, and then radical generosity, which is what we have been doing this whole month with the giving of our money and our resources and our time. So, um, yeah, let me, let me, I want to read, I want to read that passage in, uh, the, by the way, it was Psalm 62, 5 through 8, for those of you who are note takers or whatever, that was the passage that I opened with and I'm going to close with that. And when I'm done, you guys can jump right in, Okay. So let me read this psalm as a prayer over you, and then let's worship together. Again, Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. 
Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for he is our refuge. Amen.